steering transportation into the future. New reports show logistics growth is slowing and the real estate market for warehousing tightens even more. Pull up a chair and join us as the editors of DC Velocity discuss these stories as well as news and supply chain trends on this week's Logistics Matters podcast. Hi, I'm Dave Maloney. I'm the Group Editorial Director at DC Velocity. Welcome. Logistics Matters is sponsored by Yale Material Handling. This isn't yesterday's warehouse. Today's challenges require smart, connected lift trucks and solutions like robotics, advanced power options, and Yale Reliant, an industry-leading suite of operator-assist technologies. For more information, visit Yale.com. As usual, our DC Velocity senior editors Ben Ames and Victoria Kickham will be along to provide their insights into the top stories of this week. But to begin today, how is the transportation sector handling the challenges of today and where is it heading tomorrow? To address those questions, here is Ben with today's guest. Ben? Thanks, Dave. Yes, as you said, today we're taking a close look at the conditions in the transportation market and what shippers and drivers really need today. To address that, we have our guest with us is Nicole Glenn. She's the founder of Candor Expedite, a transportation brokerage firm based in Plano, Texas, with a focus on time-sensitive shipments. Nicole, thank you for joining us. Hi, good morning. Thank you for having me. Uh, first off, we should congratulate you because you were recently awarded uh, the eighth annual Distinguished Women in Logistics recognition. That's an award that's given to industry visionaries by the Women in Trucking Association, truckstop.com, and the Transportation Intermediaries Association. Uh, can you tell us about the importance of that award? Uh, for example, I know you've spoken about ideas like inspiring other people to potentially become a truck driver or for innovators to come up with the next disruptive business idea. Yeah, so Women in Trucking and, and Truck Stop and Transportation Intermediaries Association nominate uh, a woman that has really tried to make an effort within logistics. So for me, as I've been saying, it's it's beyond a trophy. It's beyond just an award. It's a way to help other women step into the spotlight and take lead of what they're trying to accomplish in really any segment of their career. So being able to be utilized as an example is very humbling to me. And it's something that I aspire to keep giving back to our industry to invite more women into this space, to help them lift themselves in their careers and to take those next steps when they're they're kind of scary. So with that, um, I, I was able to develop a podcast myself with a group of six women that are focused to help other women on their business journeys that are all in the, in the logistics sector. So it's been great. It's called Ladies Leadership Coalition, known as LLC. Oh, great. Um, I, I confess I haven't heard it yet, but I'm going to put that on my to-do list. So Wonderful, wonderful. Yeah, we've been uh, recording for about a year now. And what we're trying to do is have panelist shows uh, to teach, educate women on different topics that are relevant, as well as have some inspiring guests on to have them tell their stories as well. Super. Uh, zooming into your business experience, uh, you spent two decades in the transportation brokerage business before founding Candor Expedite in 2017. Uh, that sounds like some pretty tricky timing. What was it like to be running such a young business in these past five years, uh, just as the world, of course, entered the pandemic? 
Well, like you said, it has been tricky. And I think the number one successful trade a company can have is resilience. So when things are up, you know, trying to capitalize and work together and create alignment. Uh, when things go down, as we're seeing in the marketplace today where things are changing, it's coming together and having that alignment to continually build our company. So being a smaller company at the uh, during the pandemic time was actually a benefit for us. It gave us an ability to be very nimble, move very quickly, uh, make great changes to get people remote. Um, and it really didn't even create a blip on the radar with that, that for us, because uh, we do have multiple locations. But it allowed us to target quickly different types of commodities, different types of customers, uh, which was really a beneficial time for us. We actually increased and grew and kept additionally adding team members to that double digit growth uh, to, to really meet the demand of, of the new clients that we had brought aboard with the shift of how our company was operating during that time. Really interesting. Yeah, agility uh, it seems to be a, a must have uh, for all times of business, all eras, but uh, for sure, right. particularly in recent years. Well, uh, looking at the transport sector more broadly, we're currently in an area of historically very tight freight capacity in trucking. Um, that, how do you balance that kind of conditions with the need to treat both your drivers and your customers right? Well, it's just that transparency. You know, it's it's working with the individuals that need solutions and trying to actually craft different solutions, you know, that that come about. So we try to approach our customers that might have capacity tightness on the truckload side. And we look at commodity. We look at uh, volumes that they're shipping on particular shipments that potentially couldn't go LTL per, per se, um, that they're utilizing through the routing guide to just run through regular business, I guess, on the truckload sector. So being able to identify some of those opportunities to help them save money, increase their service, um, as well as, you know, um, providing a different out-of-the-box thinking that some, some large shippers to this day still didn't even realize as an option. And then again, it's working with drivers and other companies that we've partnered with on that transparency side. Because when you're in tight capacity, a lot of customers are coming to you because they need that just spot-on service with a bow. Um, so with us, it's really expressing that to our partners and saying, exactly what our company expectations are as well as our customers so we can execute as flawlessly as possible got it that communication is always uh, crucial for doing that uh, and yes uh, despite that sort of um, that that great communication that tightrope that you're walking um, there must be a lot of pressure on trucking brokerage business owners like yourself uh, increasingly as we see some more recent factors like rising fuel prices and of course a longer term shortage of drivers are fleets really feeling that pain? From everything that uh, I see in working with different providers, yes. Um, I think our industry has always had different obstacles against it, but we even saw with that tightness of capacity, yes, rates did rise. Yes, there were some, there were a lot of issues in the supply chain, but at the end of the day, relationships and moving things forward really did do that for a lot of uh, shippers. But when we're talking about fleets, yes, definitely. I mean, we've been reading and I've been seeing, and I'm sure you guys have uh, seen is even the cost of a fleet maintenance is going up. So there's a lot of 
different factors and variables uh, that are happening in the marketplace right now that will affect, you know, we had a lot of people suddenly jump in trucks and try to start expedited companies and create a solution. And I think we'll see quite a few of those ultimately fall off due to the need in the industry, maybe their experience, or even understanding the flow of how to run a logistics company with fleet maintenance. Um, it's a challenge. It's it's tricky. Like you said with that other question, it's getting that right balance for a fleet to be successful and really analyzing that cost on uh, what they're trying to do and target a marketplace that works best for them. Yeah, no doubt. Um, and and to present sort of one more hurdle, um, you know, looking a little farther down at the more distant horizon at the future, like many other parts of the macro economy, um, the trucking sector runs in cycles, of course. Mm -hmm. And uh, we've recently heard some suggestions predicting that uh, the trucking sector could be headed within the coming year for a contraction or even a recession from some of these uh, current conditions. Is that also something that, uh, that you see threatening? Yeah, I mean, it's something that um, touches all of us, you know, so I am also reading a lot of different, uh, I guess you could say editorials. I've seen things that say the bloodbath, but I just want to give one nugget of advice with that because myself, I've been in this industry for 22 years and these are, a, it's a constant. And that's what I'd said before with having that resilience. These are the times that when things do start dropping down a little bit is to really hone in on those relationships and try to service and put your best foot forward to your clients and constantly try to add new, never become a complacent company, always look for that next best thing. And it won't hurt as bad, I guess I could say. But yeah, I mean, we're going to always have that. I also went to a uh, Vistage, it's actually a CEO uh, a group conference for for CEOs, and we had an economist there that had said in 2030, there's going to be something even greater than the Great Depression. So, I mean, there are things that are always going to come in our way, uh, but then you'll see the companies that just be get, become nimble and make changes and uh, make it through all of those changes. Gotcha. Really, said some, uh, said some sobering thoughts there, but, uh, but some really you know, great advice. I know yeah. everyone you could see sitting in the room, they were thinking about the year and then you could see them doing, you know, the the numbers in their head and, and where they're going to be in in uh, that much time. So it was uh, it was one of those moments where everyone's looking around the room. So it was very interesting to hear. Yeah, no doubt. Well, uh, hopefully we'll we would love the chance to uh, as those things unfold, uh, maybe touch base with you again down the road and um, we'll we'll see how things are going. Wonderful. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Our, our guest uh, today uh, here on the show has been Nicole Glenn. She's the founder of Candor Expedite. Uh, back to you, Dave. Thank you, Nicole and Ben. Now let's take a look at some of the other supply chain news from the week. And Victoria, the latest LMI report is out, and it shows a bit of a change in direction for the industry. Can you share the details? Yes, yes, that's right. Um, so the logistics economy continued to grow in April, although at its slowest pace in about 14 months. And it was driven by a shift in transportation metrics. And that's, as you say, Dave, according to the uh, Logistics Managers Index, uh, which is also known, as you put it, as the LMI. The index registered 69.7 in April, and that's down 6.5 points compared to March's all-time high reading. And it also marks the first time since January of 2021 that the index has fallen below a reading of 70. 
just to give our audience some background, because they're probably not as intimately familiar with the LMI as I am, um, it gauges economic growth in the logistics industry by surveying logistics and supply chain managers about industry conditions each month. Uh, they arrive at a reading, and if it's above 50, that indicates growth and expansion in the industry, and below 50 indicates contraction. So, um, as everyone out there probably is very familiar with, the industry has been on a strong growth trajectory since about June of 2020, uh, seeing growth um, in LMI terms in the 60s and 70s. And what that really means is the industry's been expanding quite a bit. Logistics services are in high demand. We've also seen very high prices for things like warehousing space and transportation services and high costs in terms of inventory. So in April, what happened was that things slowed down a bit. Um, again, the index dipped below 70 for the first time in almost a year and a half. And there were some changes in the transportation metrics, as I said, that um, the LMI researchers say may indicate a move toward more moderate industry growth in the month ahead. Months ahead, I should say. So what kind of changes are we talking about? Yeah, the biggest one um, is that the capacity crunch we've been experiencing in transportation eased a bit in April, according to the LMI research. Uh, for the first time in nearly two years, the um, the index is, uh, the transportation capacity index expanded. And that essentially means that logistics managers reported um, that more capacity came online during the month. On top of that, prices grew at a much slower rate uh, during April. So prices are still very high, but they didn't grow as fast as the researchers had been tracking um, over the past you know, several months. I spoke to LMI researcher Zach Rogers of Colorado State University about all this, and he said that the long period of contraction we'd been experiencing in transportation capacity was unsustainable and that he and other researchers were expecting a shift. Um, in March, they had actually tracked a bit of capacity expansion in some segments of the transportation sector, but it wasn't until April that capacity really opened up a bit across the board. And he said again that the, this may signal that we're in line for a period of more modest growth compared to what we've been seeing. Um, there is concern, as, as Ben and our guests mentioned, about from some in the industry that the sort of red-hot freight market may slow too much and we'll head toward a recession, uh, but Roger says, you know, we're, we're not there yet. He'll actually be with us um, next week to discuss that topic and some other uh, general issues. I should also mention that there wasn't a lot of movement in the, on the warehousing side of things, uh, according to this month's LMI. Costs continue to grow and capacity may, remained really tight. So uh, again, it seems that um, it seems to be the transportation side of things that's contributing to the slower growth that we saw in April. So bottom line, still growing strong, but not <laughs> quite at the same pace that it had been before, right? Exactly. Yep. Thanks, Victoria. You're welcome. And Ben, you reported this week on the tightening warehouse real estate market. What does that report show? Exactly. Uh, yeah, boy, it seems that uh, in all of our themes today on the show, we've had uh, some tracking some changes. Uh, we've been reporting for months, of course, about supply chain backups like delays at container ports and, of course, the capacity in the trucking sector we were just mentioning. Uh, and this week we saw a report about another logistics variable that's been causing supply chain problems. Uh, and that's the incredibly tight market for warehouse space. Uh, the U.S. industrial vacancy rate sank to just 4.2% in the first quarter, and that's a 27-year low point. Uh, this is according to a report from the commercial real estate firm Savills. There are a lot of different reasons for that result, uh, but the main idea is that the market is just very hard to predict right now, following, of course, the pandemic, 
that had real retail store shutdowns, uh, changes in buying habits, employment changes, uh, and change just keeps happening as we're now, according to Savills, uh, seeing a flat line, as they called it, of the super hot e-commerce growth that's happened over the past year. And that comes as many Americans now begin to return to their pre-pandemic routines, Savills said. So maybe a little bit less web shopping and more in person. So to guard against those kind of surges in demand and sudden stops in supply, um, it seems that companies have been keeping a high inventory of goods. And when you add it all up, those pressures have led to industrial space, in Savile's words, being essentially sold out. Uh, that's especially true in coastal locations near the maritime ports, of course. And renters at those kind of places uh, have been seeing double-digit rent growth in places like Southern California, Northern New Jersey, and South Florida. So, Ben, how is the real estate market reacting to that situation? And can't developers just build more warehouses? Uh, they can, and they are, but it takes time. So, because of that huge demand for DC space, we're seeing record construction of new warehouses and other facilities. Uh, Savills found that developers are currently building some 750 million square feet. Uh, in comparison, it was just over 500 million square feet that they were creating for the same quarter last year. However, the report pointed to another problem. Even when those new spaces come online and when companies are lucky enough to find space to rent, uh, they face an additional challenge, and that's hiring enough workers to run the warehouse. Here's a key measure to show how hard it is to find those workers. Employers are offering higher wages for warehouse jobs. That's including laborers and freight and stock and material movers. The average advertised wage for warehouse jobs has risen steadily from uh, just below $15 per hour uh, back in March uh, 2021 to just over $17 per hour uh, last in March of this year. By another measure, uh, they're also advertising for more jobs, just the number of jobs. Uh, the average number of warehouse uh, postings per month was up 126%, so a little more than double over the past year. Uh, as a hint of who's doing that, the report actually identified uh, which companies are looking for those warehouse workers. Uh, looking all the way back to 2015, the companies that have posted the most warehouse job openings uh, are Amazon, that's no surprise, and they're about four times more than the uh, second place, which was FedEx, and FedEx was about three times more than uh, the third place, which was UPS, uh, followed by Home Depot and Lowe's. So basically, it's a really tough time right now to be in the business of running a warehouse. Yeah, it certainly is. Thanks, Ben. Yep. We encourage listeners to go to dcvelocity.com for more on these and other supply chain stories. And check out the podcast notes section for some direct links on the topics that we discussed today. And again, our thanks to Nicole Glenn of Candor Expedite for being our guest today. We welcome your comments on this topic and our other stories. You can email us at podcast at dcvelocity.com. We also encourage you to subscribe to Logistics Matters at your favorite podcast platform. Our new episodes are uploaded each Friday. And speaking of subscribing, we encourage you to check out our new sister podcast series, Supply Chain in the Fast Lane, co-produced by the Council of Supply Chain Management Professionals and Supply Chain Quarterly. Subscribe to Supply Chain in the Fast Lane wherever you get your podcasts. And a reminder that Logistics Matters is sponsored by Yale. Modern warehouse challenges require modern lift truck solutions. From robotics and zero emission power options to Yale Reliant, 
an industry-leading operator assist system, visit Yale.com for more information. We'll be back again next week with another edition of Logistics Matters. When, as mentioned before, Zach Rogers will be with us to talk about the risks of a possible freight industry collapse. So be sure to join us. Until then, have a great week.